1: you're listening to the net
0: with barney the tight underwear, and dj rushe you get to call yourself buff all the
1: time where's pretty you promised me he'd be on the show today all this travel and plane and priorities been really getting in the way of our relationship and we'll talk
0: about uh, all kinds of non-volleyball related things he dated Irene Kara, Gabrielle Reese.
1: You can call me Gabby if you want.
0: Don't think this thing missing is a mascot head. Oh, sack that does sound a lot more funny. <laughs> it's the Net Live right now. Welcome to the Crown Plaza, Austin, Texas TNL AVP recap edition. Did I get everything in there, Rich Lamblin? I think you got it all. Cool. Any other initials or titles or sweltering heat edition as well?
1: (laughs) The sweltering heat, it certainly was sweltering. (laughs) It got into the low 90s, and it felt like the high 90s, maybe into the triple digits out there today. Uh,
0: I mean, you weren't playing today, but you were on the court. In the DJ booth, there wasn't really a breeze. I was in the shade, so the sun wasn't beating on me. But what was it like on stadium
1: court? There wasn't a breeze down there either for the final. Actually, most of the day, you know, we had a pretty consistent wind. I think most of the weekend, but today it it really backed off, uh, which obviously added to the heat and what it yeah. felt like out there. I'm lucky enough to get to sit in the shade the whole time as well, and I was sweating like a farm animal without moving, just drips without moving, sweat. just yeah. sitting there. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you, uh, for the second week in a row, you and your team decided to take the longer route to the championship, but this time losing your first round match instead of, then wasn't it your second round match in Huntington Beach?
1: Yeah, I think it amounted to the same number of matches oh, because it was a 24-team uh, was a field. bigger draw, that's right. So we had essentially a bye in the first round. Um, yeah, I don't know, because we ended up playing, I, I think the same, yeah, seven matches, right? Two the first day, three the second, and then two on Sunday. And Austin, keeping with its theme of Keep
0: Austin Weird, that is exactly what this tournament was. Both number one seeds lost their opening round matches this weekend.
1: For the first time in history, I think.
0: I believe that is correct. And then I think the top three seeds on the women's
1: side didn't even make it to Sunday. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, The one and three seeds, I believe, both finished seventh, which means you're done midway through Saturday. Uh, and then the two seed on the women's side went Uno yeah. Dos on the women's yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. So that's and it was a pretty. Well, I don't know on paper. Anyways, it was a, it was a pretty mild field, on both sides probably because we had a lot yeah. of teams down in Brazil uh, the Itapema Four Star. That actually, I, I haven't seen all of the results from that yet,
0: but I saw the April and Alex won. Correct. It was a rematch of the Huntington Beach finals, actually. Correct. Down in Brazil over Team Canada of uh, Sarah Pavan and
1: Melissa, however Mark says her last name with, her, with his Humana accent. Humana Paredes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and with no freeze scoring, uh, April and Alex closed it out quickly for Team quick. 10 yeah. in the third set, rather than allowing for the potential comeback, as we saw them dodge in Huntington Beach, right?
0: And I think, yeah, exactly. And I think I saw Casey Patterson top five finish,
1: I believe is what I saw. Casey Patterson and Chase Buttinger got fifth. Try and Trevor got fifth. Uh, Theo Brunner, Reed Pretty got fifth. So a really nice awesome. showing. We had uh, Billy and Stafford and also John Hyden and Ryan Doherty were also in the field, but they didn't make it out of pool. Uh, but, you know, it's good to have five teams in an event and. Three teams making it to the third round of playoffs in fifth place. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's the quarterfinals, they call it. Yeah. Uh, Which is, you know, I mean, it's a little bit interesting because they they do a different system than we do. We have a double limb bracket. Well, I saw that Reed and Theo
0: came up against the Volley Vikings in the quarterfinals, Mm -hmm. and then the Volley Vikings ended up winning the tournament from what I saw. And this this is Anders' first, not his first tournament back since he missed a couple at the beginning of the year with his knee issue, right?
1: Correct. Uh, he, they played in Shaman mm, right. a while, a couple weeks ago and uh, took a fifth. They lost a tight one to Herrera Gavira in that third round of, right. of the playoffs. Um, so it's their first victory since he's been back. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's shocking how well they play. It's surprising mm-hmm. if they ever do anything other than win. Yeah. Like, we watched them play Herrera Gavira, And even watching the last ball go down, you're like... Wait, that's it? (laughs) And they're on the other side of this? So crazy. Yeah. Well, Uh,
0: they're that team that I always said, like, last year, it's not like they necessarily snuck up on people, but I don't think how successful they were last year was something that anybody was going to predict. So I was curious how teams would adjust to them this season, forcing them to have to now adjust their game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It's kind of an ongoing process, right? And uh, it's really difficult and yet to be done, maybe, to to kind of pinpoint a weakness in their game. Yeah. Uh, because they do they so many things. High, maybe? That,
0: that yeah, they jump too high, maybe? Could that be a weakness? They jump too
1: high. Yeah, it's like when you're uh, in an interview and they ask, what are your weak points? I care too Let's much. Care, exactly. I work too <laughs> hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they're really kind of uh, changing some of the things we th- have traditionally thought about the game, even, yeah. as far as, movement on defense, you know, stuff blocking-wise. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty sort of evolutionary stuff that they're doing. They're making everybody else adjust to them. Yeah, and, and they're raising the level of the game that's being played because, you know, I mean, yeah, people are having to adjust to play with them. They're studying what those guys are doing and what they're doing well and trying to mimic it as best as possible. Um, you know, that's always an interesting challenge uh, because – I think oftentimes people incorrectly see the best at something and try and mimic that without realizing that ridiculous athleticism is not – that same athleticism anyways is not had by all people. And so you can't – you know, I can't watch Phil play volleyball and go, oh, he just bombs on the four-foot line angle every time. Let me try and do that, right? <laughs> that's, uh, that's not possible. So no. I have to figure out – how to do some of the things that the, the most successful people in a sport are doing within the realm of my own physical capabilities, right?
0: Well, and speaking of that, how what was the game plan, if it's any different than normal, going into that semifinals match today against Phil and Nick? Because you beat them last a couple of weeks ago in Huntington Beach to get to the finals. And uh, Phil and Nick, I feel like, don't lose to teams twice in a row that often. And you guys had another epic battle this morning.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's weird. It almost feels wrong to even use the word "we beat them." It's like we survived them or <laughs> happened to outlast them or yeah. something. It, yeah, you know what I mean. Because it always seems like a slugfest with those guys, mm-hmm. and uh it, it's some exercise in bullet dodging.
0: <laughs> well, I feel like Jay came up with a. I think it was it was it was at the freeze. It was thirteen fourteen. I think Nick and Phil had the serve, and Jake came up with a huge stuff to keep it at 14-13 as opposed to then you're basically zeroing it out again at the freeze, which is a completely different ball game at that point. And he had some key plays there at the very end.
1: Especially since we got to the freeze at 14-11, and so – I don't know I actually talked to Donald a little bit about that about this concept this weekend and you know it's been kind of an ongoing conversation with a lot of people this concept of the free scoring mm-hmm. and whether they like it or whether they don't like it or just in general what their thoughts are mm-hmm. uh and I tend to think that whoever you ask their opinion is Swayed by their most recent experience. Correct. With it. <laughs> yeah, love the freeze rule. We yeah. won today. If they came, if it allowed them to come back in a match that they wouldn't have been able to, they love it. If it went the other way, they're not a fan. Uh, you know, it hurt us in our first match of this That's right. tournament. Yep, because we were up twenty seventeen, and you know we sided out somewhere in there. Uh, but but Paul and Gabe, uh, Paul Lotman, Gabe Ospina, played a great uh, match at that point in yep. particular. Came all the way back, pushed a third set and uh, ended up winning that match and knocking us into the loser's bracket. Um, I agree with you to go back to your original question that that block by Jake was huge, mm-hmm. and it's, it's crazy. You know, sometimes people have sort of a knack for getting stuff. You know, we hadn't blocked Nick all that many times in that whole entire match, so to come up with that sort of timely play, yep. uh, there was a play that was pretty widely circulated on, I think, the AVP beach. Uh, Instagram and so Mm -hmm. forth from the match in Huntington where there was a big Jake had a big stuff in transition on a back and forth and back and forth play uh, that that salvaged our game a little bit there as well Um, so that's that's always fun to be on the right end of those Um, and certainly we've been lucky to be on that end of it at least the last couple weeks I have no doubt that we'll see them again and it'll be a, a slugfest
0: in New York Yeah, Yeah, just just run run it back. back. (laughs) One of these times
1: we're going to meet in a final (laughs) (laughs) rather than a semi or a fifth-place match. Stop losing
0: early in the tournament and have to jump into the contenders bracket with him.
1: Yeah, to to quote Avery Drost, he said uh, he'd like to see us play the level we played against him a little earlier in the tournament so we didn't drop (laughs) into their bracket (laughs) and we can avoid all the carnage, as he put it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it does. It throws things into a loop when that one seed drops in the contenders bracket real quick. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Yep. And it throws us on, you know, I mean, as the one seed and Phil and Nick as the two seed, we should meet in the finals, you know, on paper. But when we lose the first match of the tournament, that flips us to their side of the bracket. Yep, and, exactly. And, you know, you get the semifinal matchup. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, those guys, you like, you like those matches for a lot of reasons. Because you want to play your best yep. against the best. Yep. And... I love the element of those matchups where hopefully we're bringing out the best in each other as teams.
0: From a fans perspective, I mean, that's what I am at that point, because I enjoy watching those two teams battle it out. Um, It looks like you're bringing out the best. And there's a lot of mutual respect you can see on the court, too, Mm -hmm. like taylor blast a ball by phil he might stare him down but it's a respectful stare down like in joking like haha i got that one right. by you and then phil will stuff you straight down and then nick will start chirping yeah. at oh, you a little yeah. bit but it's all out of mutual respect um which i i didn't somebody told me about it but i didn't hear it. but on the amazon prime broadcast that taylor went on a little uh jaunt about how much he respected nick and his
1: game oh yeah well i mean yeah there's nothing but respect between all four of those competitors Um uh, it was funny we shared an uber over this morning <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, so you know i mean and it's just funny to like have these funny conversations you know, just like the golden state warriors and portland trailblazers are all sharing a ride to the
0: game each day yeah, yeah perfect
1: because they uber to their matches <laughs> yeah no i i think it's hysterical because all the guys they know each other so well so there was a point in that match this morning where jake got an ace to Phil's sideline, or you know, I don't know, we scored a point, I don't remember if it was an ace or not. Yep. Uh then got an ace down the middle. And so Nick, before Jake even serves, is pointing to his own the right sideline, going, I know you're coming here, buddy. And then he didn't, and yeah. Nick and Phil sided out. And Nick just strolls up to the net and goes, Hey bro, you're supposed to go over there. We all know your tricks, you know, kind of a thing. It's it's funny to kind of have that ongoing chess match yeah. with people where you know, we know what you guys like to do, you know what we like to do, and who's going to kind of blink first or who's going to do that the yeah. best.
0: Well, yeah, how, then how is it coaching that match? Because you do know each other so well and everybody knows each other's tendencies, so it's like we just play our game because you know the game that they're going to play. Correct. And you hope that you come out on top at the end?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, there are kind of little adjustments you hope to be able to identify Within the course of a match, because, you know, a guy may like to do a certain thing, but today is not his day in that particular element, let's mm-hmm. say. Uh, or maybe he's doing something else well. I, I, I don't know. It's it's kind of match by match. Yeah. But we certainly do like to put a lot of the focus on ourselves. Yeah. I, um, I had the opportunity recently to go to this coaching conference, like, like this coach's education thing. And one of the speakers there was talking about, you know, a lot of times we look at ourselves as athletes or, you know, from a coach's perspective anyways, we go, where are we falling short? And let's focus on improving those things. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we don't spend enough time focusing on what we're really good at and making ourselves even better at those things that we're already good at. Well, doesn't
0: that kind of go back to the – hey, Phil hits straight down on the four-foot line, then you should also do that. Like, that's not your strength, so you're not going to teach or train that.
1: Sure. Yeah. Sure, yeah, and uh, Phil's done a nice job of showing that he is really good at that, (laughs) and he focuses on just doing that over and over and over again, and it's unstoppable. The
0: angles that, and not just in your match, but against other people, the angles that Phil hits at, sometimes the defender is literally in the correct spot, Mm -hmm. and it still just does not matter.
1: Yeah. At all.
0: You might as there well were, just not be standing there. There
1: were plenty of those that I can remember off the top of my head, and in, in our match with them today, like some of the on two balls. Yep, he comes flying in, and Taylor's right there, yep. and it bounces three feet in front of him. Yeah, it's, yeah,
0: and it's like, what do you get? You tell him to go three feet forward, and Phil's just get a high wrist snap three feet behind you at that point. Right. Yeah. Right. Nothing.
1: Yeah, that's that's an interesting sort of strategical question that you bring up. You know, because uh, you you sort of say, hey, let's. Maybe give him some of the sideline and hope that he overcooks one that way. Yeah. And, so, you know, uh, like the way Tyler Hildebrand, our, our head beach coach, likes to put it is that sideline is almost an extra defender for you. Mm. If you can force a player towards the sideline a little bit and they miss, then that's, Got the, it. you know, the sideline has defended it out of bounds, Got so it. to speak. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's one way to look at it. Phil, obviously, you know, I mean, we're kind of splitting hairs yes, here because he's Phil. making very yep. few, if any, errors. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. You can't just go camp on the on the four-foot line because no. then he has the entire court. Look, it's not like Phil's not going to adjust. Right. Yeah. Um, but that, that was a
0: fun match. I mean, it's fun as a fan. Like I said, it's fun watching those guys compete against each other because I do think it brings out the best in both teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking of carnage, as referenced earlier, the women's side, because of the carnage of the 1, 2, and 3 seeds not lasting very long, we had, was it a 15th?
1: The 14th seed and the 4 or 5, I think. Yes, uh, made it to the finals. Yeah, ble- yeah were Jason and uh, Carissa the 5 seed or the 4 seed? Yeah, I, I, I forget My- which. You have to
0: forgive me for my brain being fried from the sun today. But they <laughs> yeah. were the, definitely the higher seed. But um, we were going to have a 16th seed or a 15th seed in the finals today, the way that the semifinals right. lined up.
1: And I think they were the lowest-seeded qualifier to make a final. They were the seventh seed from the qualifier.
0: Yeah, there was – so thing, unless you've been to this Austin event, the qualifier teams – have a huge following yeah. because the Austin fans come to the qualifier. Whatever teams make it out, they will cheer for them the entire tournament. Yeah. They, yeah, and yeah. They, they'll cheer for good volley, but they're usually cheering for the lower-seeded team regardless right. what match it is, which is great for me because they're excited all weekend long. Sure. Um, and so you had a lot of that this weekend. You had a couple local, and by local, I think there was an Austin qualifier team and a team from Dallas, so they're locals as in Texas. Right, like they may have played college somewhere else, but I think they live in the area-ish.
1: I think, yeah, and I think the, the girls that beat uh, the one seed, em- Emily and uh, Betsy, one of them went to University of Texas here. Oh, no, got it. Uh, and, again, apologies for not knowing their names off the top of my head. No. Um, That's what the yeah they played. A, they played a great match, and the crowd was loving it mm-hmm. for several reasons because yep. they had that local tie, but then also they were the – yeah. qualifier team and so the fans were super into it and we really do get just great crowds all weekend here in Austin it's an awesome setup they kind of switched it up this year right they just had like one main side that was a grandstand
0: yeah and kind of not obviously didn't go straight up but definitely was more at a higher arc it seemed like than most of the stands we normally have
1: yeah and and it was all you know like bucket seats instead yep. of benches yep. right but then you had the three cabanas which was cool at the one end of the stadium opposite you and uh, like your booth and the amazon booth and then the other side of the court was the beer garden and kind of the VIP section i think right so yep. it was just really well and the beer garden i didn't i didn't realize this right away but that was
0: general admission anybody oh, could, anybody could go over to that beer platform that oh. was below the VIP oh, anybody could could go over there yeah
1: yeah that's awesome it's a it's a different vibe and certainly a fun vibe when You're kind of not on a state beach with some with rules against uh, alcohol consumption, right? Yeah. So you know that added to the environment, I think, as well. And man, just the fans here just loved good volley and And good vibes. Yeah,
0: and I know we have this in Southern California too. But when you're in a venue that it's open, but not necessarily like where people are just walking by and cruising in. So play today started at 9 a.m. Yeah. Doors, quote-unquote, technically open at 8.30. I'm there at 8.15 because I can be ready by 8.30. Right. There were fans there at 7.30 this morning in the stands.
1: In the stands?
0: 7.30 a.m. in the stands watching the crew level out the court and do their design in it. Right. 7.30 a.m. That's what you need to know about uh, the Austin fans.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and they uh, and they, they sat were out. out
0: there melting all day long today.
1: Well, so we had kind of the other end of the spectrum yesterday, right? You saw their dedication in another way in that it started dumping rain during the Ed Ratledge yes. uh, and Rafu match on stadium court. And I think you could clearly identify the people that weren't from here because they were the ones that stood up and... Looked for shelter. Correct, which was only probably about
0: 10% of that, and the stands were full. Yep. It was like only 10% got up and left, and everybody else sat there like it was nothing.
1: Everyone else was the uh, you know the priest from Caddyshack. I don't think the hard stuff's coming down for a while.
0: Because, <laughs> by the way, just in case you're wondering, I would have left, Yeah, me personally.
1: Yeah. Oh, was that one drop of rain? I'm out. Well, we had ponchos and stuff covering the equipment up in the booths, right? And I still yeah. was considering leaving.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was DJing from underneath a tarp. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's, really, uh, it's convenient that way. Um, I know you have dinner plans, little victory dinner celebration tonight. Which congratulations on that! Thank you. Um, I'm looking forward to New York in a couple weeks. You're going to China tomorrow with the guys, correct? So you're on the road for two weeks, or is this the first week of your two China
1: weeks? China and then uh, the Czech Republic? And then do you go directly to New York from there? No, we'll come home. Okay, uh, because you know the tournament starts Friday in New York, so we'll come home for a couple days. It's uh, you know more and more uh important to jake in particular as you might imagine uh, with the family the kids uh you know are seven and three now i believe and so they're really aware when dad's gone for too long and you know i mean that that tugs at him a little bit too as you as you would guess uh so just those couple days at home are are huge because we go new york and then back over the pond to warsaw uh and then I think come home again for just a couple of days and play Seattle before the World Championships oh, back yeah, over in right. Germany. So, nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of back and forth. And, you know, I mean, it's very difficult from a physical standpoint for the guys, but, you know, I mean, that's why they worked so hard in the off season to yep. kind of build up that, that strength base because, I mean, it wasn't easy out there, especially taking the long road and finishing in the heat today.
0: Yeah, this the no air movement today. That's that's what got me and I was I was just sitting down playing music. Yeah. <laughs> the, I, I I had the easy job. Um Well, yeah, so quick little recap. Appreciate you uh doing this. I am now going to order room service and lay in my bed the rest of the night. Boom, that's exactly baby. What's going to happen?
1: Is are uh, the Bucks playing tonight?
0: I believe there is. There's also Game of Thrones tonight. Promised my wife though I'd wait till tomorrow to see it. Interesting. So, hopefully I can get through this evening and the airport tomorrow without my noise-canceling headphones will be on as soon as I leave the hotel tomorrow so I
1: don't overhear anybody speaking to me. See, number one NetLive fan, Jace Marley. <laughs> we had to have a discussion because there's zero chance she's waiting for me to watch that. <laughs> and I don't know, you know, we're going to dinner, like you said, so I don't know what time we're back. Uh, we just had to agree to not release any spoilers to yes. one another. So. so really, you don't look at social media. Don't,
0: yeah. You can't even look at probably a news feed. Right. Yeah. Can't do anything. It's like a blackout. Turn your phone off. Just show up at home. I'll be watching Game of Thrones at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning when I get back to Los Angeles. <laughs> so uh, shout out to Tall Slim Tees for sponsoring the show. Yeah. Uh, code Volley gets you 10% off. Thanks to uh, Kevin's probably still here, and we just totally could have. No, kept, he said care. he flies out at 8 p.m. tonight. Oh, he tonight, flew out so, tonight? Yeah. Okay.
1: He's probably over at the airport.
0: Got it. You know, he goes to New York three times between now and when the AVP's there. Really? He's like back and forth a few times wow. for work. So good for him racking up those miles. Yeah. Nice. Well, Rich, thanks for uh, helping out with doing this. Hope everybody enjoys this. Kevin Barnett and I are off next weekend to Columbus, Ohio, to defend our gold medal in sitting volleyball. Oh. So there will be no show next week. Hopefully after that, though, in New York, I'll be wearing my gold medal. That's, I hope so, too. That's the plan. Yeah cool. Thanks, Longer Rich. than 24-hour rule. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I will wear it the first 24 hours and then to New York City. <laughs> nice. Good <laughs> luck. Thanks.